Thank you, Roberta. All right. With much enthusiasm, right? Roberta sang, I am a promise to be all that God wants me to be. What about you? You promise to be everything God wants you to be? All right. Well, that might be mean that you've got to do some things that you don't really want to do. A lot of times when God calls us to be all that God would have us be, it can feel really uncomfortable. It can be like, oh, no, not that. So we are in the process of having a conversation of creating from that place of understanding that I am willing to be all that God would have me be and that I have been giving a process through the story of creation in Genesis so that I can know how to do that, right? And so we are on the sixth day of creation today, and I'd like to start by reading you from, to you from Genesis, book, uh, chapter 1 again. And uh, on the sixth day, so last week you'll remember that, that God created the swarming creatures, right? The birds and the air and the fish and the sea. And so on the sixth day, God goes ahead and creates the rest of the creatures that walk the earth. And then God said... Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so on the sixth day of creation, right, we find out, we realize that we were created in the image and in the likeness of God. Now, there are no exceptions listed there. Did anybody hear any exceptions? Like, you are created in the image and the likeness of God as long as you follow the right religion. You are created in the image and the likeness of God as long as you have the right color skin. You are created in the image and the likeness of God as long as you do only good. You are created in the image and the likeness of God if you live in the right country or the right house or you drive the right car or have the right stuff. I mean, there's no exceptions, right? It just says you are created in the image and the likeness of God. And we breathe that in. And we recognize the truth of that. I am created in the image and the likeness of God. But wait a minute. Do you know, do you know what I've done in my past? Or are you sure about that? Anybody sitting out there thinking of that? Anybody out there thinking, well, that's fine, but if you could read the thoughts in my mind, you might think differently? Right? Anybody think that? Anybody think that you are unworthy, not enough, less than? Anybody feeling a sense of separation, of lack and limitation and thinking to yourself, well, you can't be talking about me because that's not my experience in this moment. You and I are created in the image and the likeness of God, no exceptions. 
And the sixth day reminds us of that. And if we are feeling less than that in any moment, we have the prescription to come back into that experience again. And so what do we do? So this um, series, it appears like it's a linear process, right? So I start in the beginning, and then I do this, and then I do that, and then I do this, and now I'm here. But all those other steps are done, right? There's only one more day left, thank God, because I'm getting really tired from this creative process here, right? But it's not a linear process. It's a fully integrated process. And so in any moment of any day, right here, right now, tomorrow, whenever it is, when I am feeling like you can't be talking about me, I'm not made in the image and likeness of God because I feel less than divine in this moment, we know what to do. We go back to in the beginning. And we become aware once more that God has placed that divine light within each and every one of us. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. And then we stand on that foundation of faith. We, we set the intention that we will see this situation. We will see this relationship. We will see this challenge. We will see this world from that place that God has made each and every one of us in God's image and in God's likeness. We stand on that foundation of faith so that we can fill ourselves up with that understanding so that we can then reflect that image, that light that is God, right? That's the third day of creation. And we are open to divine mind, which holds every divine idea to meet this moment, whatever is happening right here, right now, in grace. And so we remember this and hold this vision in our mind, the fourth day of creation. And then the fifth day of creation, knowing that there are swarming thoughts that go through our mind, right, to to, to support us and what's mine to say, what's mine to do, what's mine to be in this moment. And then, and then I have to bring up, because Greg brought it up right before this service again, because we talked about swarming last week, and then Greg came to me and said, well, you know, some swarms are not so good. You know, the, you know, like those crickets that come and, you know, destroy the crops. And so, yes, those swarming thoughts that go through our mind, those are both good and not so good thoughts, and we get to, we have the power to discern which ones will I hold on to here. I want to hold on to those swarming thoughts that are uplifting and inspiring and encouraging, that tell me, that inform me what's mine to do, right? And then as we do all of those things, we come back into an awareness that I am made in the image and the likeness of God, and I have the power to create my life here, now, in this moment, with each and every one of you. So you'll recall as we've been sharing this conversation that I've said that the first chapter of Genesis, that first creation story, is God creating in divine mind, and that the second creation story is the creation in physicality, because you'll recall that in the first creation story, God says, let us make man in our image, and, and God does, but it's in the second creation story that God forms man, right, out of the dust of the ground. So it's this first creation story where it's created in mind, in divine mind, this perfect idea that God creates for each and every one of us, and what we in unity call Christ, that, that Christ presence, that Christ idea that God has and is holding in divine mind this 
divine idea for us as humanity, for what we are in truth. Right? And Jesus, the example, showed us what it is to fully demonstrate, fully reveal that Christ life. But what I'm here to tell you is that you are not here to be Jesus Christ. You're not here to be Jesus Christ. You're here to be Donna Christ. Right? And Joe Christ. Right? And Shirley Christ. And Rita Christ. And Connie Christ. And Greg Christ. We're here to be our own unique, individualized expression of that Christ spirit. And God is holding a perfect idea for each of our lives. And so this sixth day of creation invites us into a remembering that there is this perfect divine idea for who I am. And I intend to show up and to be that. So as we've been going through this series, I've been sharing with you the story of our family having gone through a house fire in 2001. And so very early, like when it happened, when the phone rang and I woke up and ran out and heard our house was on fire and comforted our kids for a moment. The next, the next thing, really the, the first thing after that that I did was to go into the bedroom and to shut that door and to fall on my knees and to pray. And what I prayed was that I have the strength to meet whatever was going to unfold, that I had the, the wisdom to discern what was mine to do, that I had the, the peace to know that in spite of appearances, all is well. Right? And initially, in those first days, I was very centered in that truth. I had no doubt in my mind that the hand of God was at work in every aspect of this situation. I had no doubt that there was blessings coming from this, that there was going to be so much good, and I couldn't wait to see it. And that's where I was initially, just uplifted and supported by that first prayer that I prayed. But then, you know, days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. And when you lose even half a house in fire, (laughs) there's a lot of work that you have to do. And so all of the things that were in that half of the house, you know, I needed to start creating lists. You know, how many pairs of jeans did the kids lose? And shirts and dresses and underwear and socks and all those little details, right? How many beds and how many blankets and how many sheets and how many pictures that were hanging on the walls and how many toys, Barbies and games and blocks and just the overwhelm of all of that, right? And I only lost half a house. And I remember getting to places at certain periods during these months where it just felt so overwhelming. I thought, I I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can keep walking this walk. And I can remember one time in particular walking through this empty house that was just a shell of what it had been with the smell of smoke you know, that there, and crying, just going, oh, this is too hard. I can't do this. Why me? Right? 
you guys have those experiences? Maybe not through a fire, right? But through some other experience that you're going through. It might be a, a challenge in your relationship. It might be that somebody cut you off on the freeway. It might be that your, your checkbook is looking pretty low and you've got bills to pay. It might be that somebody at work is driving you crazy and I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stuck. I'm tired. And so I would remind myself in those times, I'd learned by that point in time, that our emotions are nothing more than chemical reactions that take place in our brains, right? So that feeling that would come up of fear and frustration and and anger and upset, I would remind myself that I didn't need to attach to it and that if I just let it be, if I just sat with it for a moment, it would pass and I could get up and I could go on. And so I would give myself a certain period of time like, Okay, you can sit and cry and feel in self-pity for 10 minutes, and then you get up, and you do what there's to do, right? And so that's what I would do. And then, as time went on, um, we, we finished the project, right? It was done, and we were back in our house, and, and we had this new, beautiful new bedroom with picture windows that looked out over the backyard, and I could look out, and I could see on the driveway where during this time period we had a a 60-foot trailer that we had brought in, and that's what we lived in, right, during this time period, and it it was sitting out there on the driveway, and it was a blessing, but at the same time, it was four of us, two dogs, and two businesses being run out of this 60-foot trailer in the middle of winter, And so I would look down from my new bedroom at that place where the trailer was, and I would just send myself thoughts of hope and encouragement. And I'd think to myself, it's okay, Joanne there. You're going to get through this. It's going to pass. It's going to be so good. Wait till you see how it all comes out. I don't think until last service I've actually spoken aloud that I did that. I don't even think I shared that with Gary, but I actually talked, you know, a year or two years later to that me out there. Why? Because the world would tell you, that's crazy. What are you doing? Why are you talking to somebody out back there, yourself back there, about something that's happened? What good is that going to do? So I want to share with you a couple of things around that idea. And one comes from Eric's book, The Creative Life which we have been um, reading. And I love this, pa- this particular paragraph. He says, You might want to accept and declare for yourself the following powerful statement. Within me is the unborn possibility of limitless living, and mine is the privilege of giving birth to it. Within me is the possi- unborn possibility of limitless living. Is there a a limit to what is possible in that statement? Is there a limit in any way to what we can achieve, what we can become, what we can be in that statement? That within me is the unborn possibility of limitless living. And it is my privilege to give birth to that. And then he goes on to say, the trouble is that too many of us are trapped in a time-space consciousness. A 
time-space consciousness where it seems like everything is unfolding in this linear pattern of time. This time-space consciousness that would have us believe in the world out there to look out there for our truth. A time-space consciousness that would tell me you're crazy to think that you could talk to that you in the past and make a difference. So this was back in 2001 and then into 2002. And so I was sending those prayers to myself like in 2003, 2004, the, the first couple of years after the fire while it was so fresh and right on my mind. And then it was about 2007, 2008 that I went to the Unity Convention. And one of the speakers at the Unity Convention that year was Lynn McTaggart. And she wrote this book that I picked up at that time called The Intention Experiment. And in the intention experiment, it is filled with scientific studies that show the power of our holding intention. And I came to this chapter. I'll read it, at least the beginning of it to you. It's so powerful. And this is called Praying for Yesterday. So on the eve of the millennium, Leonardo Libovici, an Israeli professor of internal medicine in Israel and an expert on hospital-acquired infections, conducted a study of healing prayers effect on nearly 4,000 adults who had developed sepsis while in the hospital. He set up a strict protocol using a random number generator to randomize the participants into two groups one of which would be prayed for, and the other of which would be the control group and not prayed for. Now, I want you to get this part first of all. There were 4,000 people. A random number generator selected who was going to go into each group. Okay, it's really important that you get that. And what he was doing throughout the study, he maintained impeccable blinding so that neither the patient nor the hospital staff knew who was in what group. In fact, they didn't even necessarily know that this prayer was happening. So the names of all those in the treatment group, those who were being prayed over, were then handed to an individual who said a short prayer for the well-being and the full recovery of that group, of that treated group. So, Libovici was interested in comparing three outcomes. Number one, the number of deaths that occurred in the hospital for these 4,000 people. Number two, whether or not there was um, the overall length of stay in the hospital. And number three was the duration of the fever. So he was looking at all three of those items. When calculating the results, he was careful to employ several statistical measures to examine the significance of any differences. And as it happened, the ones who were prayed for did have less deaths than the ones who were not. However, it really wasn't statistically significant, 28.1% versus 30.2%. What was significantly significant, scientifically significant, however, was that the major difference between the prayed-for group and the control group related to the severity of the illness and the time it took to heal. Those being prayed for had a far shorter duration of fever and hospital stay and, in general, got better faster than the controls. Now, 
we're sitting here in unity, right? A, a, a movement founded on prayer, on the power of prayer. We know this to be true, right? There are many of you here in this community that have been prayed for or have prayed for someone, and you have seen the power of that. So we know that. And lots of studies have been done about the power of prayer. But this study offered one novel twist. The patient had been in the hospital between 1990 and 1996. The praying was carried out in 2000. Four to ten years after the patient was in the hospital. Do you really get the like the amazement of that, right? The world would tell us, what, are you crazy? You can't pray in the future for something in the past and make an impact, make a difference. But this study seems to indicate that, yes, you can. And I share this with you, and I share my story with you, because what we need to do is to suspend in our mind this idea of this time and space, of this appearance of the world that tells us it is only a certain way, and we need to stand firmly in the truth that I am created in the image and in the likeness of God. Even when I do something wrong? Yes. Even when I forget that? Yes. Even when I get caught up in gossip and worry and fear and doubt? Yes. Logic would say it can't be. But we suspend that. And we remember the truth that in spite of any appearance to the contract, you and I are made in the very image and in the very likeness of God, and therein truly lies our salvation. Life out there would have us believe that if we just had enough stuff, had the right job, had the right relationship, had the right this or that, then life would be good. Except that we know there's no guarantee when we live life from out there in. We had two very powerful examples this week. If you're aware of the news, right? So Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, who this week made that choice to end their lives, And we would look at them and say, but they had everything. They were at the top of their careers. They had plenty of money. They had good health. They had it all. And life out there would have us believe if you just have enough out there, we'll finally be okay. But what we recognize here is that it's not about having out there. It's about recognizing within who we are in truth. I am the very image and likeness of God. I am the Christ expressing. I am here to be that Christ expressing. I am here to know that fully and completely. And as we live into that promise, right, then we will find that place of fulfillment, that place of peace, that place of joy. And it will happen naturally. And if we have a moment of moving out, well, we know the process to get back in again, don't we? So we have this idea in, in unity of that Christ nature that has been placed within each one of us that we also call the I am presence. And so the image of God is that I am is, is what 
Eric Butterworth, how he talks about it. The I am is. And so we have to pay attention to what we follow our I am with. Right? So, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so confused. I'm sick. I'm worried. I'm afraid. Right? All of those ideas that we are creating from by, you know, finishing that I am sentence with things that are not helpful, that keep us in that place of separation, that keep us in that place of fear, that keep us in that place of forgetfulness. And instead, what we need to do is replace those with the truth. And I love how Spirit just works to to create such order because here was our Our daily word for today. I didn't know this would be our daily word for today when we set these messages, but there it is. I use my creative power for a fulfilling life, and I do so affirming the truth, knowing I am wise, I am whole, I am love, I am worthy, I am good. And in that way, we reveal that divine nature, that I am nature that we are. And so that's our spiritual practice for this week to become aware of the ways in which we are attaching something that is not true to our I am. We need to take it back, claim it back, own the truth of who we are. So I am the radiant light of pure knowing, and so are you. So will you affirm that with me right here, right now? I am the radiant light of pure knowing. When you're sitting there going, I don't know what to do. I am the radiant light of pure knowing. When you're feeling so confused, I am the radiant light of pure knowing. I am established in the divine flow of substance. Can you say that with me? I am established in the divine flow of substance. I'm not poor. I'm not broke. I'm not diseased. I am established in the pure flow of substance. I am love, secure in the harmonizing power of all true relationships. Will you state that with me? I am love, secure in the harmonizing power of all true relationships. I'm lonely. I want my soulmate. Where are they? I am love, secure in the harmonizing power of all true relationships. I am life, vibrating as perfect health in every cell, organ, and function of my body. Will you say that with me? I am life, vibrating as perfect health in every cell, organ, and function of my body. Even when it's not showing up out here as that? Even then? Yes, exactly yes. Setting aside that space-time continuum that would have us believing only in the appearance of things out there. We set that aside. We, we suspend for a moment our belief in if we see it, we'll believe it. You know, if, uh, if we believe it, we'll see it. Something like that, however it goes, you know. Even then, when we don't see it, this is the truth. And that's what we come back to. Why? Because I am created in the image and the likeness of God. And so are you. Will everybody join me in that work this week? So I've also been sharing the ways that we in community are are in this creative process. And so 